0: It's the Pikey and Lout show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Louton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pikey and Lout show. We're Talking Taipans and we're coming to you. After a win, the Taipans got back on the winner's list on Monday night, so we're excited about that. Not just because it was a win, but the performance was worth celebrating. There was a lot to like about it, so we'll dissect all of that on this week's show and look ahead to a big game now on Saturday against the undefeated Melbourne United. I'm Chris Pike, but as always, joined by the Cairns Taipans legend himself, Alex Loughton, how do we find you this week?
1: No, very good. Uh, very exciting to see that, that w uh, a bit of relief, I think, on the uh, the collective breath of the, the Taipans faithful, uh, and just great to see some of, the young, some of the young players step up. So I can't wait to delve straight in and, and uh, just dissect all the, all the things that made it such a positive return to the winner's circle for the, for the boys. This episode of the Pikey and Laos show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Statton's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care.
0: It was. But before that, two days earlier, it wasn't so positive. Um, unfortunately, the Taipans slipped to, to one and six, and that finish to the game against the Breakers was a was a concern because for the second game in a row, the Taipans let a double-digit lead slip, and somehow we let Lamar Patterson find some form as well. And as you said last week, you don't want to wake up the bear, but unfortunately, the Taipans found a way to, to wake him up. So one and six, there was no other option but to win on Monday night, was there? And I liked a lot of the things that Mike Kelly did. I liked his attitude in that game. But at the end of the day, to be now 2-6, and six, it's a familiar position. Taipans fans will remember that the Taipans were in this exact same position last season, ended up making the semifinals, one game away from the grand final. So we're well placed now to, to make a charge.
1: Well, that first game against New Zealand, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Lamar Patterson comes back in in that fourth quarter. But uh, if you look at the numbers, I mean, Machado had 25, Oliver 19, big contributions from the stars. But then on the bench, there's only a total of uh, eight points Mm -hmm. off the bench. And that's just not going to get it done down the stretch. Uh, And thankfully, when we talk about two days later, um, the bench did come alive and they did uh, make big contributions. And in particular, George Blagojevic um then, then you could see that wins are possible um even without a new ball um you know adding all of his dimension to the game so but yeah that loss against New Zealand uh, on the Saturday night Lamar Patterson uh, mm-hmm. he's pretty close to getting a plane ticket back he home. Was. at halftime um, I think he had it. And yeah, <laughs> yeah well uh the the you know Shane Hill was ripping into him and still holding back his breath but you could see he just wanted to just tear him uh, you know, t- tear him one and, <laughs> yeah. and, um, you know, he was just commenting, obviously, you know, he looks out of shape. And he's quite heavy, but he was playing in Puerto Rico in the off season. Like it yeah. wasn't like he wasn't doing anything. Yeah. He was actually actually playing. But he's pretty skilled, pretty talented, and he he did take uh, breakers on on his back uh, and led them into uh, the promised land for that W. That been a much needed W for them. You know, whoever lost that game was mm. was bottom of the ladder. So there was a lot at stake. And then I think him personally for Patterson, there was a lot at stake. So I mean, credit to him. He finished with a a pretty pretty solid. Um, sort of a, a finish with 22 uh, and a lot of those in that fourth quarter uh, but yeah just the, the type ads holding that lead and then just not putting four quarters together uh, just drew the ire of the fans and just just outrage <laughs> on <laughs> on social media yeah. and, and of course uh, you know just venting and but uh, yeah look I think well,
0: well just, uh, just just quickly the game finished with a 15 to 3 run for the breakers what happened what what did you see that went went wrong?
1: Well, they they found the cracks. I mean, Lamar Patterson uh, was just able to go to work and just bully his way into the rack and draw fouls. Um, the drawing of fouls and getting to the line, it just seems to be something... That the Taipans haven't been able to uh, get on top of, um, so it's a skill. Like obviously, the it's a skill and a consistency thing, I guess. So being able to hold your ground and not, burn, like, not not cause the refs to to make that call, it's hard because you're just tempted to, you know, put the hand in there and uh, and not quite get the body in the right position there. So, you know, they're they're going to have to really, um, you know, find ways to to collectively as a team. Get get the stops that they need. I mean, maybe they do have to mix it up a bit late in the fourth, just to throw different defenses at it. Mm. If it's not working, like they're going to have to make those adjustments a lot sooner, um, or or at least have find something that they can go to that just disrupts them and puts them off out of that groove when they're on that tear, coming home with a wet sail. And in
0: that game as well, the biggest difference from the two games was the fact that on Saturday, Scott Machado and Cam Oliver, like you said, couldn't have done much more. They combined for for 44 points between them, 16 rebounds, 13 assists, four steals, three blocks. They shot the ball pretty well between them. I think 15 of, 15 of 32. They made their threes. They were six of 13 from three. They couldn't have possibly done any more, but I don't think you could really say that anyone else on the team played anywhere near their potential, which was the problem. Um, luckily, it changed on, on Monday, but that was, that was probably the biggest glaring factor from, from Saturday.
1: When Jarrett was out, Everyone kind of went, oh no! Like mm-hmm. he, you know, he's been so solid. So I actually thought Natai was actually pretty solid was. coming into that starting lineup in that first, uh, you know, for the for both games and and filling that position pretty well. I think he's um, really starting to show what he can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought so. I thought he maintained that that level of play from uh, you know that three position. You know, Dean might have been a bit quiet on that that first New Zealand game, but then you know you look at the contribution from the bench, and that's just not going to get it done. I mean, yeah. if I'm hoping for that twenty-five points solid consistency each time like a Sydney Kings would do or Melbourne United. Eight is not going to get it done. And then the flip side for the, the second game, um, they, they certainly they certainly lifted in a huge way from the bench and, and led by Blagojevic, uh, who, you know, Noy was pulled from that second game pretty quickly in the piece. Uh, and that gave George a, a chance to... Uh, you know, really show sure what he could do. And in fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes, he's put in like ten points. Uh, he was all active on the glass at four. He got a couple of steals. Like he, he was, he's just a bit longer and, and able to, to disrupt and get a few things rolling. And then he was off to the races. Yeah. Like he was, he was loving it. And uh, I just thought it was. A, I just thought he was the biggest difference for that second game that just gave them some life from that second New Zealand game. Uh, we've got sort of 18 points off the bench a vast improvement, you know, mm-hmm. uh, another 10 points added from the bench that that you could just see the enthusiasm swell and, and actually they go, we can actually get this done. And, and obviously no Jerick in that second game as well. The back's against the wall. So, you know, I'm sure Mike Kelly was just pleading for someone just to lift and bring it. And, um, you know, Natai was able to hold down that starter spot as well. Noy came to life, I think, um once he realized people were getting subbed in if he didn't perform. Yep. Um, he you know, so he he was a bit more at a higher level, uh friskiness-wise. Where mm. as soon as he stepped back on the floor, he knew he had to make a positive contribution. Uh, so he played well. Um the Deng really came to life as well and um re- really capitalized on, on some great feeds from Machado. Just one one bounce, Boings on yep. the rim, uh throwing it down. And uh the juices were flowing, Pikey. The juices were there and then you could see it and the, the relief and the cause they put four quarters together. They yep. put four quarters together and maintained the lead. And I don't think there was ever a point where it really snuck into danger territory. It might be four or six points. I think Maybe six that it came down to quarter, six yeah. a couple of times. But then yeah, and then and then they were able to to stretch it out again. So it, it was much needed. It was a it was a crucial, crucial win. But I think the the headline for the newspapers is like, "By George, we did it!" (laughs) By George, we did it, and by George, they literally did it. And I just thought it was a great, great, great to see the young fella uh, come out and produce uh, and give Mike Kelly that confidence uh, to to really, uh, you know, lock down some some more playing time.
0: Well, not only that, but I think a lot of credit to Mike Kelly. We know he's a he's a nice guy. We know he doesn't necessarily like to play play the tough sort of headmaster type role, but when you're 1-6, and six, you have to get tough. So the, the thing that I loved the most was that they couldn't afford to have a bad start. Court Noy didn't do what he was meant to be doing on defense. Rob Lowe got an easy basket up up one end, and, and that was it. Mike Kelly took him off. He put George in, and I think that's when the whole tone of the game changed because all of a sudden everyone on the Taipan's team knew that we have to deliver right now or I'm not going to be playing. This team's going to be 1-7, and seven and... There's no coming back from that. I think that was the moment. So I think Mike Kelly deserves enormous credit because I don't think I don't think he takes court Noy out of that game in any of the previous games just because it's not desperation stake. So I think he did it because he knew that he had to make a stand and he made, made a stand and and what George did when he came on straight away, he he hit that three up it was at least over two defenders. It might have even been three. He hit that contested three. That was three his that was first triple of his career, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then straight, straight after that, he gets the offensive rebound, gets the putback. And then, most importantly, Courtney comes back on. And I think he hit seven quick points to finish the first quarter. And to me, he...
1: He knew what was at stake, didn't he? He, 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 did, he, knew, he knew that he, he had did. to <laughs> live.
0: And I think he ends up playing his best game with the Taipans. I think Majuk Deng, like you touched on, that was his best game with the Taipans as well. Because he was so aggressive, we know he can shoot the ball, but he had three huge dunks where when you've got seven foot plus wingspan, you're unstoppable when you take it to the rack, and when they also yeah. know you can shoot. I think that was his best game. I think it was Jordan Nartai's best game for what what he did, and it was obviously George Bagagevich's best game as well. So many guys stepped up, and that and Scott Machado was, a, was then able to set up everybody and with 13 assists and, yep. and Cam Oliver no, was able to, yeah. Cam Oliver could just chip in when he needed to. It was just so yep. much to like, but I think it all comes back to what Mike Kelly did a minute into the game.
1: Well, and, and Oliver didn't, the 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 weight of the, the game wasn't on his shoulders, <laughs> as you said. He he could just chip in when he needed to. I mean, at only eight points, he didn't need to, you know, just out, unload full energy for the full four four quarters because he had some backup now like it must have been a welcome relief to Machado and Oliver that Machado could just kind of pick apart those on balls and when Deng would slip out he just found that perfect little spot that that almost led Deng onto the little one bounce and and elevate off the one Mm -hmm. foot uh, for the throwdown so there was there was just some the welcome relief I could just see the the facial expression of Machado Mm -hmm. and Oliver just kind of not having to do all the work. Um and it, for the New Zealand Breakers just looked a bit tired. Lamar Patterson went back into um that that mode where the, the coach is probably sliding that plane ticket a little well, bit closer to him on his side of the desk. Well the longer that, the that first went game went unless
0: he saw saw of the ball, they just wouldn't pass it to him.
1: Yeah yeah well, and he looked tired though too you could see they're just wearing a bit and that's that's when your bench should be coming alive to give you that boost and the good teams can win those tough games because uh it's a collective effort and you're not you're not just gassing that those starting five so it really positive signs with a with no Jerick. Mm-hmm. you know that that's always keeping in mind like because he can really turn it on but it was good to see obviously that when the chips are down, um, that uh, you know the players are ready to take their moment. So I think you're right. I think Mike Kelly drew a line in the sand. Uh, he's not going to stand for it anymore. If you if you're not performing, you're coming out yep. because we don't have time to mess about. So that was a great message. And and when George left, then had to lift. Mm-hmm. So you know these players stepping up has caused the the stars to make sure they're lifting their game and not just casual cat going in and just thinking all right you know I'm, I'm gonna get my minutes regardless well guess what you're not <laughs> you're not getting your minutes regardless no. because now there's capable players hopefully that can perform consistently and that's often the big thing can can George Blagojevic replicate that mm. and do it again well you know that time will tell time will tell and we'll, we'll keep we'll keep us you know close eye and all that but uh you know just a, a positive way to finish uh and a much needed win obviously
0: What did you feel the emotion was? Was it a sense of relief? Was it excitement? Both amongst the players and I guess the the fans, what did you sense the emotion was like once they knew that this team was actually going to be delivering delivering a win, but also a really good four-quarter performance?
1: Well, I think they looked at each other in the eyeball and said, "We, you know, we we want to be for real. We want more like this." Uh, and thank goodness, you know, we were we just felt like this game was accomplished. Like I, that's what I saw when they when Machado looked at you know Oliver and the players. Like he, they almost eyeballed each other, um, you know, straight down the line, and were like, "All right, you know, guys, lock that in. Like whatever we did there, let's lock that in." And let's tour man, you know, uh, move forward with that in mind. Because I think there was a lot of soul searching, a lot of staring at, it, at themselves in the mirror leading up to this point. And after each loss, you, you would be thinking, where are the answers coming from? Um, that game, we we saw some. That game, four quarters together. That game, Mike Kelly draws a line. Is that the moment that this season... Uh, can build upon now. We had the stumbling blocks, had the uh, you know start of season jitters. We've had the feeling out stage where there is no new bill. This is what the lads have got to work with. So mm-hmm. they th- there is that decisive moment now that they've had to step up, uh, and they've got a massive challenge against Melbourne United, mm-hmm. who are run, you know waiting at home to to deliver on uh, Jock Landau's promises of a of an undefeated <laughs> season.
0: Okay, Laos, quick chance now to take a look at our MVP tracker for this season after two more games in round four of the NBL for the Taipans, and it's obviously thanks to Cairns Total Physio that we'll be presenting or keeping track of our MVP winner here on the Pike and show this season. So going back to Saturday's game against the Breakers, and we the votes are in, and we've got Scott Machado with the three, Cam Oliver with two, and Coat Noy with the one vote. And then Monday night in the big win against the Breakers, we've got Majuk Deng with the three, George Blagajewik. Great to see him amongst the, the votes with two, and Coat Noy with another vote there for his his performance for the for the Taipan. So that means on our leaderboard on the Cairns Total Physio MVP tracker, allows, we've got Cam Oliver on 16, Scott Machado on 13, I think that just shows the load that they've carried so far. But we're now seeing some other guys begin to, to rise up the leaderboard. We've got Noi on five, Majuk Deng on five, Moko Jerick, who's now missed a couple of games, but he's still on four. And then we've got Jared Kenny and George jerick on two. We'll be back again next week with a with another set of votes from Ken's Total Physio. Yeah, and, we, and we'll get to that, I guess, after our interview and we'll look at what lies ahead. But But, I mean, just quickly, what lies ahead is... Is Melbourne, Illawarra, Melbourne, Perth. So that's that's what immediately lies ahead. So they have no choice. They have to back up what they did on Monday night, or else that good performance can be quickly wiped away. If all of a sudden you're two and seven, or two and eight, or two and nine.
1: Yeah, no, and and it's the the as uh, you know Matt Smith uh, will, will comment on in just a moment with the Staten's Plumbing Company interview of the week. Um, you know the 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 life in the bubble is going to be an interesting one because it really requires a lot of mental toughness. You know, you're not you're restricted. Into, you know in in stuff that you can do off the court you know those those things that help you balance out those road trips is not really accessible now because the guys are under such strict limitations so it's really going to be quite a battle in the bubble and uh, you know you can come out of it you know oh and eight in the bubble in the in the NBL Cup or you can try and build upon your your last game and, and hopefully uh, get some Ws on the board down there
0: mm. or you could have some silverware and three hundred thousand dollars so there's there's the positive way to look at it.
1: Exactly. I mean, who would want a, a bit of a bit of hardware and uh, and some, some cash? So yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that will go to, to uh, the, the club for uh, their purposes. But um, maybe it's an end of year party for the yep. for the lads for all yeah, the uh, the craziness of the year.
0: Now, before we get to Matt Smith, I believe speaking of silverware, there might be some more in the in the in the Lows Trophy cabinet right now. Is there?
1: um we had a bit of fun on the, on the monday night the the crowd capacity was was teeming it was high octane action <laughs> um so no it was, it was a bit of fun with a couple of old heads uh for the for the griffindors on a monday night mm. uh but uh you know just just fun to run around and and you know great to be able to, to uh, still play the game with the with the lads and it's, it's just been really enjoyable um you know getting up and down and and flexing the, uh, the muscle that from the three-point line, all that sort of stuff, and knowing that you can still slightly do what you could do before, just physically a bit, a bit more sore afterwards. Has
0: that got you in NBL, NBL 1 shape, Louse?
1: Uh, it, uh, I don't know what the levels are. I think, it, I think for sure it goes NBL, and then it goes Monday nights, and then it goes NBL 1. Oh, so, go. I mean, it really is a middle-tier um, <laughs> kind of league. It sits all by itself uh, Monday nights at CBI.
0: Oh, fantastic. What can we expect from, from your old mate Matt Smith?
1: Let's dive straight into uh, the interview with Matt Smith. Uh, he's got some great insights uh, from what the the lads are producing on the floor at the moment um, and also break down a bit of what's to expect in the bubble. Let's just take a listen. Well, joining me now in the Statins Plumbing Company interview of the week, it's a man that needs no introduction to the MBL. Uh, is famous for what were you? What were you famous for again? What was that? What was that stat?
2: Field goal percentage leader in two thousand six seven, I think. Should we do that again? <laughs> no, no. I think I think that actually sums my up my career basically.
1: <laughs> 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 right. Should we delve straight into what transpired on the courts there at CBI on a Wednesday night, a postponed game, uh, the big grand fi- uh, grand final finale. What what happened out on the floor there, Matty?
2: Well, we we beat up on a bunch of 15- to 16-year-olds. Yourself, obviously, Aaron Grabeau and I, along with Jimmy Mitchell and young Kurt Arwen, and young Kurt Arwen is 32, went to work on a bunch of high scores. I I feel good about it. I feel like a big man right now. Uh, As you said, I talked a lot. It was good. I had fun. Now, there's
1: usually 5,000 fans at the Taipans game. What, What do you think the capacity was there uh, on court one there tonight?
2: Look, there were a solid 15 or 16 people there. Um, most of them didn't like us, from what I could gather, but that's OK. It's nice to play away, even if you're in your home stadium. But it's, it's fun. It's nice to get out there with with you guys and, and have a bit of a run around. And I can become, well, i become exponentially obnoxious the lower the level of play. So you would have noticed during the NBL days, I can actually stay a lot. But as we go down those lower grades, I start chatting more and more.
1: So what you're saying is the longer your are retirement goes, the better you were when you played, the louder you were at the time?
2: Well, it's come down to that most of what I did is really pre-internet. So there's actually no way of telling. So I could tell people that I did a whole bunch of really weird and wonderful things and you can't actually check.
1: Well, that's a unique way of looking at it and it's probably is best uh, left without any access to social media. Now, moving to the, the Taipans games, most people that go to the matches will undoubtedly be pleased with the pleasing baritone that occupies their eardrums. You've got the front seat, the man on the mic. What's what's that role actually called?
2: Um, it's the court announcer, so it, I get to retain a bit of dignity and don't have to run around and hype up the crowd. And I interpret a few referees' signals and drop my voice a couple of octaves and try to make sure people know what's going on. Just for a bit of proof of
1: that, can you just give me a Machado, two points? Scott Machado, two points nailed it now the taipans obviously a huge win to start the season and it's been a bit of a bumpy ride since uh but uh order is uh, slightly restored with the the win against new zealand what did you make of the game on monday night
2: yeah i thought it was really great victory every time you, you're coming off a bit of a losing streak it's nice to get that monkey off your back but you're mike kelly you're looking at scott machado and cam oliver didn't really light up the scoreboard as much as they have been so they're looking to get that uh, contribution from those other guys and uh, George Blagojevic had his best game in the NBL so far and was really quite handy. Majuk was really, really frisky, getting out in transition and throwing down some massive dunks. And, and Quat, who got dragged early, found his way back into the game and, and was really big for him.
1: Now Mirko Jeric out for those two games. He's been a big factor in um, a lot of these uh, matches where he's able to really, really pile points on the board. Were you a bit nervous uh, about the outcome when uh, he was definitely ruled out of the matches?
2: Obviously, Mirko is a huge part of what they do, you know, usually the guy who takes that first shot and he's such an emotional, I guess, barometer for what they're trying to achieve, but even on the bench, you know, he's up and down, yelling stuff, carrying on and making sure that the guys feel his presence. Uh, I think Naitai had a really good game, he was solid defensively, got unlucky on a few foul calls, but he, was, he did what they needed him to do and, and was able to spot those minutes for him, so all in all, I'd say that Mike Kelly's feeling a lot better this week than he probably was last week.
1: Yeah, look, I thought Nartai was uh, very solid in that, in that game and uh, obviously George Blagajevic—he had an unbelievable game. Is this is this what the Taipans uh, need to be able to string these these wins together, is have these solid contributions coming off the bench?
2: I think that's what any championship team needs, really. It's it's the stars that get you there, but it's the role players that get you over the line. It's the guys that you can find those extra 10, 8 points when maybe you didn't expect it. And the way they go about getting it's important. So... Blagajit got his working the glass, running the floor in transition, shooting the open shots. He wasn't trying to do too much. He let the game come to him. And so he, was, he imposed his wheel without needing the ball, which left the guys like Machado and Cam Oliver to still do their thing.
1: Taipan's obviously heading down to Melbourne. Uh, there'll be a lot of games in uh, the Melbourne Harbour. Then the NBL Cup, the inaugural, inaugural Cup. Uh, how do you see the, the landscape unfolding uh, for the Taipans as they head down into uh, Victoria?
2: It'll be, it'll depend on the youth, the young guys and how well they can stick together because it's going to be mentally challenging for them to be in there all the time without any real distractions. Um, yeah, it's, it'll be a challenge, but I think, like I said, the youth of the Taipans will probably help them. There's not a lot of guys who've got young kids in that team. Obviously, Cam Oliver's got a couple that the, for the most part, they're, they're young men who will enjoy each other's company and, and hang out.
1: Now, Cam Oliver, obviously the human highlight reel. Uh, which one's been your, your favourite dunk, I guess, so far? Is it the obvious one? Which, which one, uh, which feats of athleticism really uh, that you, did you enjoy the most from your front seat at the courts?
2: I think everyone's favourite was down the lane on the Sydney Kings, all of the Sydney Kings, at once. I'm not entirely sure what Craig Moller was thinking here, unless they've got a flashback of football when you can try to tackle people, but... He's been incredible. He's an, an incredible athlete. I don't know. We've had athletes before with the Taipans, but I don't know that we've had an athlete with that kind of game before. So Cam's, Cam's been really special, and the crowd loves him, and it's, it's really great that he signed on for those two years.
1: It's pretty similar to uh, what we see from Matt Smith on Monday nights at Cairns Basketball. Do you, do you see the comparisons uh, or make those comparisons uh, in your mind?
2: I, I definitely flex my muscles a lot.
1: Both of them. <laughs> Matt Smith, will end it there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Pikey and Lau show. No worries, mate. I'll catch you. Great to hear from the big man, Matty Smith. Always a, always a jovial sort of character and uh, loves, his, loves his court announcing at the games, Pikey, with his uh, pleasing baritone. Uh, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's a great great character to have around the club. Certainly we thank him for, for his time on the interview.
0: Yeah, he's always got great insights and obviously any time a, a former player can offer his thoughts, but he's got a unique perspective now from that courtside position and he probably probably followed on from your old Lockie Reed days over in Perth, Lowes, and he, he likes to get the Orange Army fired up
1: yeah, well, uh, you know he's, uh, he's a funny one because I mean he, he played in the Catalini era, and uh, we probably should have talked more about that mm. era um, because uh, there was a lot of craziness going on. <laughs> so he uh, he certainly prides himself on all that all the shenanigans that they used to get up to. I think you spoke. Uh, to, I think
0: last year you spoke to him about that on the show. How he was it the, the fifty five point game between the two of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. So no, fifty. They had yeah, fifty-three. I think between the the two of them, and, and Catalini had fifty-two of them, yep. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a is it certainly a level six eleven and a half, nearly seven yep. footer. But but he doesn't like to be seven foot. He, he's six eleven
0: and a half. Now, there's another thing that's popped up on social media this week. A couple of weeks back, we talked about the the dunk from Cam Oliver and talked about if it was the best dunk in NBL history. And you brought up another dunk from one ira clark over a, a
1: former type I, I didn't bring that i didn't bring yeah, it I up think he, i think you did,
0: did bring it up but now all of a sudden the footage is emerged <laughs> the two
1: well it looks like uh, old king podge uh, at Cairns <laughs> local put it up there then then old Hooley down in yeah. uh, melbourne got a hold of it and thought he'd chime in and i was like well hang on a minute fellas like i've got to come back with something so <laughs> I was, I just was walking to the car with my son when the fans are like, oh, I saw you on, you know, on the socials this week. I was like, oh, really? Tell me more, you know, like feed me. And then they're like, it was the dunk for Ira Clark Then I was just like, that's it. I was like, Liam, get in the car. And I was like, I got to find this thing. And then I find my, my answer to it. So uh, Liam's like, are we going home Dad?" I said, just hold on, son. Just hold on. I like, and like, I'm, I'm searching for something here. And I was like, Alex, Alex Louton dunk on Alex Pledger, you know, mm-hmm. on the breakers. So I find that and I'll just put it in the feed of like, oh, look, Hooli, look, this is all I got. And, you know, and it was dunk on, you know, Pledger and CJ Bruton sliding in there and, and Pledger goes down and then, um, you know, the, the lads get around us. So uh, that's my my one claim to fame mm-hmm. in terms of. A retort to the Ira Clark dunk but you know the one thing I remember about Ira Clark coming down the lane uh, after I KO'd um, was that um, I was helping a a point guard that was just playing Ole defense Mm. just moving out the way and then Mm -hmm. I I went to help and then he found the drop-off to uh, uh, Ira Clark (laughs) steaming down the paint (laughs) and I just remember the power on that dunk like he just clocked me with his knee in his chest I was just like in my chest and I was just like oh like that was a powerful dunk, like if that's not, you know, one of the best ones, I don't know what it is, but, you know, you put your grill out there, and mate, I don't know, I'm, you know, at least, at least I can say that I was there in the game mm-hmm. for, you know, 14 years, Uh, so I've got, I've got some, some of my own memories, not just the ones yeah. where I got dunked on, but I'm sure that, um, you know, Aaron Baines, who, you know, he, he can test a lot of shots in the NBA, a lot of dunks in the NBA, and you know he gets a lot, a high percentage of of blocks, but he also gets dunked on, and he just doesn't seem to worry about it at well, all. you, you can't um, be a, you can't
0: be a shot blocker without getting dunked on. I'm sure even 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 the the legends like Takebi Matombo would have got dunked on too.
1: Yeah, and I'm not a shot blocker by any stretch, so <laughs> I, I was I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> well, unless you didn't step away. Is there
0: anything worse than watching a defender step away and let someone dunk it?
1: Well, might have saved my dignity, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was uh, it wasn't an enjoyable thing, of course. But you know, you got to wear it and and move on. Like you know, what are, what are you going to do? <laughs>
0: uh, and now, what what are we about? Ten or eleven years later, and we're still seeing the footage of it. So these things last a lifetime.
1: Thank you, Pikey. Let's <laughs> move on.
0: <laughs> Let's move on because Saturday. It's not in Melbourne. It's in Bendigo. I'm not sure the Taipans have ever played in Bendigo. I'm not sure if you have, Laos, but it, just, the it's, just
1: the pre-seasons, just the pre-season. Yeah, that's and, right. Pre-seasons won on a few years back. You're right. Yep. We're well acquainted with the regional areas: Ballarat, Bendigo. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd always do our promos down there. Um, you know, all those kinds of areas of, of uh, Victoria, even Traralgon. We've had you know pre-season tournaments. So the guys, you know, the guys will be well adverse to um, mm. the, the conditions down there. But the, you know, they got a great court, great sort of club yeah. there. Yep, yep. Um, MBL One, Bendigo Braves. Um, yeah, great great setup. So I mean I'm looking forward to you know, it'll be a very professional setup down there. Obviously T V games as well. You know, we'll get a full dose of what uh regional um well Pretty close to the city, really, but regional uh, Victoria can can provide. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to the to the hub and the eight games in, in yeah. close uh, proximity. But, uh, yeah, Melbourne United will be a tough challenge, no doubt.
0: It's an interesting challenge because right now they're playing without three of their most important players, Chris Golding, Shay Illy and Joe Loyal O'Toole. But as we saw on Wednesday night, it's not really stopping them. They're still finding a way to win games. They had a really good winner game against the Hawks in, in Wollongong and they had different guys stepping up. Mitch McCarron had a great game. Their Japanese little sensation, New Day Bubba's exciting. Jock Landale's playing some really good good basketball as well. They've got they're probably the deepest team in the competition, which is why they can handle having three guys out right now and still playing well. But at the same time, there's still three important players down. Is there a way the Taipans can, can take advantage of that?
1: Well, I think they I think they've got gotta have their tails up. Uh if if uh we assume that Jerek's on the return, uh, and they end up being have a full bill of health, then um yeah, I mean the United players are gonna step up. But I think it's a great opportunity for the Taipans to maybe wear down some of their you know, some of their big contributors and let's see if they can Um, With a bit of you know chess mindset and work their way into a winning position. So if they've come off four good quarters, there's there's a lot of momentum there in the mindset. They know that everyone has to lift and everyone's uh, frisky for more minutes because now they know that Mike Kelly um, is going to reward good play. He's not just going to stick to uh, the uh, rotations, you know, because it, it is backs against the wall time. So. I think everyone's got a, a, a real good chance to have their, their tail up and be confident going into that game. I know it they'll it'll be a tough ask. I think the having that second scorer has proved very difficult for the tight end. So they're gonna have to get it done in a different way. So instead of scoring, kind of outscoring the opposition you know, in the nineties, they're gonna have to really defend mm. a lot better and Almost play, get a bit dirty, get it, get in the grill of some of these uh, opponents, and because that's that's kind of the 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 way that they might be able to manufacture a bit of a blueprint of success this season. Uh, I don't think it's coming from the other way of outscoring and and you know not relaxing on D, but it's not as important when you're scoring at ease with a new bill and a machado yeah. and a, you know a three three pronged attack. It's down to kind of your your two big stars, Oliver and Machado, but it's going to have to be a collective defensive effort, and it starts with plays like Blagojevic's um, hustle plays, steals, effort areas, and going after the loose ball. So they're going to have to redefine their identity from last year, and I think they tapped into what that could be uh, in that second New Zealand game. So I think this game is, is going to be a tough one for them, but I do think it's gettable without without the golding and, um, you know, those little contributions of Achul. And, uh, you know, it's a good challenge for him.
0: I think they can take a lot out of the first meeting against Melbourne too, even though that was a loss. I think if you reflect back to that game, Melbourne just couldn't miss in the first half. They were absolutely on fire shooting the ball. So if you assume they're not going to be able to do that again. And the Titans finished that game when Machado took over in the fourth quarter and gave themselves a chance and had a real chance to snatch it at the end. So... Uh, I think they can take a lot from that first game against them too.
1: Yeah, look that that first game and even the preseason game. I think Link United had kind of surprised them on on how how much they would all be together uh, and, and sort of on that same page, even with a a new marquee signing like Jock Landau. Um, they were really they were a pretty well oiled machine and uh, those stars those those veteran players would would assist in that process re- retaining that that talent that you know they're, they're going to really lead uh, all the new faces that come to the table but I think the Tigers have learned a lot as you say I think they have learned a lot from those from those games and how their um, uh, the team is uh, how, how United moves and and what they go to kind of uh, looks are so. I think that they've they've got a good chance to kind of perhaps stifle some of those offenses and and disrupt as best they as best they can with that with that knowledge of uh, those prior games.
0: Now, even though this game isn't actually part of the NBL Cup and the bubble, you might know better than me, but I assume it doesn't make sense for the tie bench to come back and then go back. So I assume that they're now in in Melbourne and they'll go to Bendigo for this game. But they've now found their home in Melbourne and they're going to be there for the next you know five plus weeks. What do you think lies ahead in the in the NBL Cup, and, and I guess it starts a week early, considering they're in Melbourne already.
1: They're already down there, yeah. So this so this is an away game before the cup. Mm. Uh, is that is that correct? How yeah. you how you've sort of read it? Um, yeah, I mean this is getting into sort of lockdown mode. Um, it, it, you kinda to have to, and, I, and I'm sure the sports psychologist uh, Jodie Guire, is, is way ahead of uh, you know the lads. She would be saying. Um, things like, look, we've got to accept the situation. We we can't change it. We we've got to, um, you know, as best we can, decide how we're going to treat this. It's going to be along the lines of, um, you know, accept that it's going to be a diff- that it's going to be difficult. Accept that you're going to be restricted with, you know, your your ability to get out and have a coffee like you would normally do. Uh, so it's getting comfortable being uncomfortable. I know the mm. this motto of the league is expect the unexpected. Well. It's really gonna grate on a lot of these players, especially the ones that really need that balance—that yeah. uh, you know, that work-life balance of being able to get out and and you know, exhale for a bit and either let their hair down or at least go grab a coffee in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really going to be quite restricted, and and really the mentally strong players would be the ones that excel. The ones that really love their routine um, pro- would probably excel. The ones that really need that. Mix up, they're probably the ones that are going to be struggling, and I reckon this might expose those players. Um, mm. You know, they're not going to be able to handle it well, and mentally, it's going to be it's going to be pretty tough for for a lot of these guys.
0: Mm. Now, it's a it's a fascinating setup to have a have another competition that's now run in the middle of your normal regular season, but now this NBL Cup still counts towards. The actual NBL season, if you, can, if you can get what I mean. So the way it works is the NBL Cup will have every team playing one another once and then, you know, based on wins and losses and probably percentage, there'll be a winner that wins the NBL Cup and they'll win $300,000 and then those wins and losses also count to the NBL regu- regular season. Um, what, do you, what do you make of the, this whole thing?
1: Well I mean a cup is very a very european thing to do isn 't it i mean yeah. in in europe you 've got these mid season kind of cup the king's cup the you know euro cup's a different thing but mm. um the when you have these little mini tournaments and it 's kind of little check checkpoints i guess uh, or or weekend uh uh location things where where all the teams will fly in and, and i'm not sure what the financial sort of uh, benefits are of it maybe it's an exciting thing that that's worked in europe uh mm-hmm. but it's definitely carrying those things over to here like those those uh those sort of setups so they're they're, they're saying it's the inaugural one that says, saying that they want to do it every year um no doubt that the victorian government it's been a it's a financial deal that you know they're trying to um really benefit from it and show that they're, they're trying and putting on a show and having a sporting spectacle in Melbourne. So I, I know that's the, the financial side of it. Um, I know originally they, the points weren't going to count as championship points for the mm. games and it was just going to be something separate. And then they were saying that if the rest of the season gets sort of cancelled, then yeah. the points from the cup would count. And the teams are like, well, what, what, are you, what are you talking <laughs> about? Are you, are you saying we're going to be playing games that don't matter... To the champ, to the season, yeah. and so then it it, it it sort of evolved from there. And now, and now the cup counts, all the games count. And if for some reason COVID shuts everything down, you know, then they'll just have to stop where they are and say, and look, I guess we've at played. least everyone's
0: played each other at least once, I guess. That's yeah, everyone's
1: play, yeah, exactly. And then they can possibly e- either break and wait for finals or cut it off there and say, look, we've got our you know, minor Premier, yeah. and that's all we're doing. So, I mean, um, is it is it a good thing? I think it's a good thing for the NBL and for, for Melbourne. Uh, is it a good mm. thing for other teams? Well, not really. I mean, like, they, the the fans don't get to see the games, even in Melbourne. And, you know, a lot of these games are doubleheaders yep. where, you know, four teams, you know... They're... Every
0: day a game is played, as a doubleheader.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the fans will probably get a bit tired. I don't think they'll be packed houses. I don't think they'll be... Mm. You know trying to get to every game every day um the hardcore fans will of course, but it's it i just I just know that it'll get old quick for those same fans going to the same you yeah. know the same game so Especially yeah if it, if it, if it'll if be interesting to see how it goes month. I mean
0: it's not just a short term thing it's actually
1: no no yeah and if you do it every year um you know they've obviously you know got plans of of doing it next year, mm. but i mean the big the bigger picture for me is that you know this this league has gone in leaps and bounds in since obviously Larry, Larry Kesselman taking over the ownership and you know you've got to take your hat off to where he's taken this league like there's absolutely no question mm. uh, it's improved and progressed and better players are coming in you know players are getting paid more. Um, it's a lot more exciting so much more athleticism and in its pathways to the NBA which is exciting and now yeah. I just heard that that, that Australia as a country has got more players in the NBA um, compared to any other country internationally that's got players in the NBA so uh-huh. yeah. I mean we're looking at really cool a really cool time in basketball um, that all this is happening and you know the fact that the nbl is kind of at that forefront of you know which leagues around internationally outside of the nba are, are killing it are doing well Are the places you want to be well australia is is that league the nbl mm. is that league and it's a tough league um and you know players are enjoying coming down here and you know enjoying the physicality young players next stars are coming through and enjoying getting that crazy hit of 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 grown men's strength coming at them trying to take their head off and they've got to they've got to navigate that and and still build successful careers themselves to then be draftable uh and all that kind of stuff so um it's it's a quality league and it's being recognized and i think um you know larry certainly deserves a, a lot of positive praise for what he's done with this league so you know it's a it's a really tough year of navigating these COVID sort of restrictions um you know, some of the things have been knee-jerk reactions in terms of, I think, dropping three imports down to two mm-hmm. and the player salaries and all that. I don't think that needed to happen back in March and April. Oh. I think they could have waited, that sort of thing. Um, so that's that's kind of not what we're talking about right now. The the actual NBL uh, Cup, I think, looked like a positive thing at uh, at the time, uh, certainly financially, because we didn't look like we are going to get any games yeah. anywhere yeah. Uh, except maybe at a sort of a hub thing, which is what the NBA were doing. Um, so that seemed to make sense now that regional areas, are, you know, like Cairns and um, uh, I was going to say Adelaide, but even then they've had their outbreaks. Mm. They, they seem to be okay to allow fans, you know, the number yeah. of fans that we've had at the games seem to be okay. So would you need a cup per well, se? It te- you know, does...
0: turns out right now we're able to play games in every, in every city that has a team right now except for mm. New Zealand, obviously
1: maybe it turns into a four games only like instead mm. of playing um you know each team uh at least once maybe you're just playing four games and it's a bit smaller cup it yeah. still could be the the nbl cup but maybe in future years it gets reduced down to right so it's not this big five or six week mm. like mental like absolute um mm. mind bomb thing so um yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see i mean i you know, we're here to enjoy hoops and we're just lucky to get games. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, for the fans, you know, it'd be great to see uh, just, just more NBL action. This episode of the Pikey and Louse Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio less pain, more life, and Staten's Plumbing Company, Plumbers Who Care. Now, as a quirk, it
0: starts on the 20th of February with the Taipans playing. Melbourne United on that very same day, the Boomers are playing the Tall Blacks, and that game's going to be in Cairns. It's quite a obviously no, obviously no NBL players are going to be part of that, so they they come no. up with a, with a plan B.
1: Yep, now they've uh, they've got obviously all, all the uh, the players from the obviously the level below the below the NBL and even the upper coming even almost sitting below that like NBL one kind of level players or below, mm. uh, and all those centre of excellence guys. So I mean, uh, uh, coach Adam Caporn uh, who was coaching obviously Behave King, uh, uh, Giddy, yeah. and and you know all those next star, Aussie next stars that are coming through, and that worked alongside the NBA Academy um you know these uh these players get their opportunity now um one name that does that does leap out just from my personal background was marty clark's son hunter clark so yeah, yeah. he's playing he's at the university of montana uh, and his name's thrown in the mix and i was like oh hunter clark is that the guy is that the little toddler running around in nappies <laughs> on the court at ais days back in 2001 and uh i was like oh bloody hell he you know yeah, he's wow. of the age now that he's in the boomers uh for this asian <laughs> cup qualifiers but the coaches are great so so the assistant coaches up here, Kerry Williams, gets a, gets a mm-hmm. nod um, and joins the, the Australian boomers. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. Um, you know, you've got Indigenous representation that, you know, he's earned a spot on the squad to help them through uh, this thing! What what an awesome opportunity! Uh, and then obviously Gordy McLeod as well. He's got a, a a call up just to offer some guidance in that assistant coaching role. Guys that that live in Cairns. Um, those, those two live in Cairns, obviously. And uh, Adam Caporn. Um, yeah, acquiring the 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 positions to, to be filled and giving them great insights. Uh, I just think it's uh, it's really cool for for Cairns and really great for in particular Kerry Williams. So, uh yeah, looking forward to that for sure. And it's
0: it's always exciting to have international basketball in town and. We're not going to be having the Taipans be able to play until at least mid-March, or sort of around the 20th of March. Probably is is the next date that probably is possible. So it's a nice chance to go out and see some live basketball still as well.
1: Oh, the, I think the um uh the energy and enthusiasm will be like a college game. Like these yeah. these guys will be getting up and down like it's like there's no tomorrow. They they'll be um, you know like the greyhounds getting loose out of the out of the gate they'll be off uh, and I reckon it could it might even get a bit crazy and reckless, but you know it's going to be a fast paced like uh, awesome contest of uh, you know international standard yeah. Um, so yeah I mean they're, they're saying you know that it's just uh, to check a box, but I think for the players it'll be it'll be worth a lot more than that uh, and I, th- I reckon there'll be a lot of interest for uh, who's up and coming and and uh, you know great opportunity for fans to get out and uh, have a look.
0: Yeah, and it still counts towards qualifying for the Asia Cup, so the win will actually matter for for these two countries as well. Even though you'd expect they would both find a way to to qualify. Now, mm. all our focus though, Laos, is on Saturday. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up the show. It's been a good show again this week. I've had fun, Laos. We've we've gone on a few different tangents, but hopefully everyone has stuck has stuck with us and and some of your old old war stories, Laos, I I could never get tired of of hearing about, even though you might not like some of them, especially the ones that are unforgettable.
1: Thanks are, for digging out <laughs> uh, those other ones too.
0: Uh, but, yeah, been a good show. Thanks very much to Matt Smith, and thanks for the Taipans for, for winning on Monday night to to give us such positivity to now go into this game against Melbourne on Saturday in Bendigo. I'm Chris Pike, and I'll sign off for this week and leave you with Alex Loudon.
1: Look, the, the guys are up against their biggest challenge yet. Uh, you know, Melbourne United are you know all guns blazing without a few of their stars. This is a great opportunity for the for the boys to uh, really really capitalise on their great performance of putting four quarters together and having multiple contributions. So, looking forward to a great contest. Uh, I don't know which way it's going to go. I know it's a tough challenge, but we're right there with the lads, and we can't wait to see what shakes.